Let's talk about donation platforms. Welcome to the Nonprofit Digital Success Podcast. I'm your host, David. And in this episode, I've got Josh Bloomfield with me, and we're going to be talking about GiveCloud. Hey, Josh, how's it going? Good, David. How you doing? I am great. I'm going to introduce you to everybody. Josh is the CEO and founder of GiveCloud. He's a true innovator, reimagining what next generation fundraising looks like. He's passionate about helping nonprofits change the world by changing the world of fundraising. And through his leadership and software, they shift traditional transactional fundraising to donor-first experiences that focus on the hearts of those wanting to make an impact. And if you've listened to any of my past episodes, you know that I always talk about creating impact and creating emotional connections and that is what is going to help drive your organization forward. So, Josh, happy to have you here. How's your day going so far? Great. Uh, yeah. How about you? So far, so good. Everything is uh, is great. And I love doing these podcast episodes, bringing experts in to the show to kind of like push out their knowledge and expertise and help expand the minds of those people that are subscribing, listening or watching on YouTube to our episodes. And yeah, so I'm curious, how did you get here? What was the inspiration behind creating GiveCloud? And I guess maybe explain what GiveCloud actually is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, honored to be a part of this content, by the way. I love the soul and the spirit of it. Um, oftentimes, people don't think enough about, you know, in, in, in for-profit, the customer experience. But in nonprofit, the, the experience of your supporters who become your donors and maybe your volunteers and, and that whole experience. Um, how did I get into this? Uh, so I, I'm a software engineer. I was the nerd in the computer lab in high school. Uh, and uh, yeah, I didn't go to the dances, ate lunch alone, one of those guys. So coming out of late years of high school, ended up uh, in a band. And the drummer in that band had stumbled across a really cool software project, building a financial system for the US government, which is really strange as a Canadian citizen myself working uh, and building an, uh, an enterprise level app for state governments to manage the flow of finances during uh, a disaster. So skipped the university route and kind of learned all my software development skills on the fly in, in this project. Um, so I, I left that opportunity uh, after about five years working for the government can only be, you know, kind of, you can only be so energetic and, and so innovative in that space. And I really wanted to take everything I had learned in that space and apply it to what I would language as the ill-resourced entrepreneur. So, uh, you know, my parents were the quintessential ill-resourced entrepreneurs. They owned a bakery, it had been a family bakery for you know, 30, 40, 50 years. And uh, uh, I, mom, dad, wouldn't it be awesome if your customers could custom design a cake in an app? And when it's their birthday or their friend's birthday, they could have it delivered to them. And, Think about how cool that would be. And they're just like way over their heads. How would I build that? Didn't really have the resources or the money to do it. I never end up building that app, <laughs> which I still regret to this day. Kind of like an Uber Eats before Uber Eats. But there were other businesses in the city that needed the same kind of creative thinking paired with someone who actually knew how to get it done. So yeah, I worked on a, a, a supply chain system for, for grocery stores, worked on an e-commerce platform that I sold. Um, and all along the way, being kind of self-employed 
I'm working on these little projects for nonprofits. Oh, you need a website? Yeah, I got you. I'll throw something together for you. And this was kind of the days before WordPress was was the premier platform for hosting a website. I had kind of thrown my own CMS together that had fundraising in it, which would eventually become GiveCloud, but was a side project for many years up until, uh, you know, candidly up until, you know, 2015, 2016, where I realized, man, I, I need to take this opportunity seriously. Why am I helping one nonprofit at a time or even one entrepreneur at a time where there's an entire space, an entire market that is ill-resourced, that's missing thought leadership on things like the donor experience or the customer experience? What if I could add value there? And that was kind of the beginning of the journey and me, you know, the, the long road of morphing from, you know, programming in my basement to finding mentorship to networking to becoming a CEO to leading a company uh, and and now really um, trying to embody that thought leadership around you know what does it look like to build uh, a genuine heart connection with your supporters in a digital world you and I are chatting you know we're vibing we can build a connection you could invest in me I can invest in you how do you replicate that same kind of oxytocin, that same dopamine uh, in a purely digital world. And that is this unique art and science that I'm obsessed with. Experimentation. How can we take what we know about how people use technology and how they react in the real world? And how can we, how can we apply that in a digital world? Um, not to be manipulative, but to get people to feel a genuine connection where it's difficult to feel that. Yeah. So that was a, that was a really short answer. That was awesome. But it speaks to your evolution and really kind of what happens, you know, with a lot of people that are in this space. You know, there's a, a true passion behind what it is that that you're doing. And it honestly, it comes out in how you promote yourself, how you talk about the work you do um, and how you help the people that you want to help. And one of the things that I talk about and I've mentioned it a number of times on the podcast is something called the no like and trust factor. Right. And you need to have seven to eight interactions with people before they will know, like and trust you. Ultimately, you know, leading to in our business, some kind of sale or something like that. But in the in the donation space, in the nonprofit space, getting them to subscribe to your newsletter, getting them to show up to an event. All right. The last couple of years events, you know, maybe not so much, but volunteering for your organization, making a donation, sharing your content in their network. And you've done something really interesting uh, where you've created something that's kind of in the lines of what you call trust raising, mm -hmm. right? So let's talk about that for a sec. What is trust raising and how does that shift the perspective that people have on fundraising? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, first off, like just kind of piggybacking off some of your comments there, being a, a software guy in my core, I can think of all of these features I could build to create an incredible checkout for your donor. Uh, and yet you just, you know, this, this know, like, and trust. And this is, yeah, and I'm sure you'd agree, there's, there's a lot of storytelling, nurturing that happens in that process. And the software developer in me is frustrated that, uh, that I could spend all this time making software. And yet if you don't have those three things on the front side, none of the conversion matters. So, you know, really part of the product we've built is to allow you to do these three things well. Um, I'd love to understand how I could support organizations in doing these three things better. But right now, our focus is if you've done these things even half well, okay, 
We want your, your donors, your supporters to land in an experience that is a continuation of this story. It doesn't feel like a jarring redirection of brand, of feel, of experience, of messaging. It feels like we've taken that same heart connection, which really, I mean, this is a great trust, uh, a great segue to trust raising. So trust raising was a bit of a revelation I had a couple of years back as it reflected on, I think, some of the mistakes uh, I've observed nonprofits make in fundraising. Just too often, organizations don't put enough thought into how to build that meaningful connection with their donors, um, which is why the key to true fundraising ses- success and lasting support for your mission uh, is that trust raising, that you know, that know, like, and trust. M- many organizations think that connection starts perhaps like after they receive a donation from someone, when in reality, it starts much, much sooner. The word trust raising is just kind of a clever spin on fundraising, focusing instead of on the wallet, focusing first on the hearts of your supporters from the beginning, then having the wallet conversation, you know, building trust with a friend, with a coworker, with a spouse. I mean, it's nuanced and difficult enough in that space. But doing that in a purely digital world with people you know you'll end up asking for money from can feel impossible. The reality is, you know, without trust, there is a ceiling to the success you're going to have in any transaction, especially fundraising. And, and too often for organizations, that ceiling is just zero dollars, that, that no transaction happens because of that, that lack of trust. So. So our trust-raising thought leadership really centers around what it takes to build trust in a digital world. The the storytelling, the donor experience, the user behavior and and motivations. It all ends up, as I said before, this unique blend of art and science merging to generate real compelling results for our nonprofits. Um, And of course, our product is jammed full of our own thought leadership in action. So yeah, that's that's trust-raising. Yeah, it's, it's really important to not just build your organization, not just have a website. Everybody needs to have a website. If you don't have one, get one today kind of thing. And people are using mobile more and more these days. If your site isn't mobile friendly, you know, are you, are, is your organization even really still in business? Like mobile, mobile has, has been prominent in terms of web development and design for like the last at least decade, right? Make sure your site's updated and that way you're going to help build some trust through that as well. But it's really about creating that emotional connection. And I talk about this all the time. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm like beating a, a dead horse kind of, uh, kind of thing. Um, but like you really need to create that emotional connection. Why is anybody going to care about your organization versus the one next door? Right. Why should you get their money? Even if it's $5, what is that compelling story that's there? And one of the things that I hate seeing nonprofits and charities do, and it happens to me, I get email, I get regular like snail mail. Hey, make a donation. And here's our like donation form. But like, what did you do with the money? How did you, how did you spend it? What, what value did you bring to it? And these are some really big organizations. We're talking like four or $500 million in donations a year that these businesses or organizations are pulling in every year, right? You're only reaching out to me for a donation when you want a donation. Connect uh, with me. Create that. Create that bond, brother. My my like uh, man, my mind's exploding with feedback. 
we ran an experiment last year. We built up a little project called Cosmos, C-A-U-S-E, Cosmos. And um, the idea we had was instead of a donor focusing on how much money they're going to give, what if the focus was the impact the organization was going to promise? So uh, the, the practical example was there was a toy drive that couldn't do its thing during COVID. They couldn't do the in-person stuff. And so they needed to take donations, honestly, for the first time online. They hadn't done online fundraising. And I pitched to them. I said, what if you know the community already, you've already done great storytelling. The community already knows about this initiative and they know you're in a pinch. You've got anchors on our local news talking about the pinch uh, of toy donations and so on. What if you could drive them to a page that didn't ask for money, but instead showed how many toys would be given, and then as a second step, showed you how to finance it, right? So I wish I could you know, share my screen and, and demo this. I'm not prepared to, so, so I, I won't, but you just kind of have to imagine an experience where the very first thing you see, especially on a mobile device, the very first thing you saw was a toy and a big number one on top of it. And all you had to do as a donor was tap through how many toys. What was cool about the experience is that you could tell just intuitively through the interface we built that you could actually swipe the toy icon. And the next icon would be a child. So, so, you would, so there was this intuitive understanding that you could do one toy or you can do an entire child's Christmas or you could do an entire family's Christmas. The conversation hasn't touched on money yet. Our data showed Almost every donor immediately started going, oh, how many toys could I do? And then through self-discovery, which kind of gets your own little dopamine hit, they're swiping to the most amount of impact they can have. They're going, I can do a whole family Christmas? Hold on a second. Oh, I could do two family Christmases? And now the conversation in their mind has shifted. It's, it's about the story. They're right. not asking, they're not trying to justify a token $25 or $50 donation that they're not quite sure how it will translate. They're not having a conversation with their spouse, spouse, you know, Hey babe, do you want to sponsor a family this Christmas? Like it's in our local community. It's only 150 bucks or financial conversation comes next. So you agree, you click next. And then our software would break down for you how to finance that impact. Hey, are you in for 150 today? Maybe you're in for $25 over X number of months. Maybe you're in for only $15 over X number of months. And now you're realizing wait a second, maybe I can have more impact than I realized if I can finance this a certain way. And then, and then the upsell after the transaction wasn't about becoming necessarily a monthly donor, or it was about, hey, did you know if you packaged your financing differently, you could actually help six families by, by doing $25 a month instead of $150 today. Um, and uh, it, was, it was so compelling. They tripled their fundraising in that campaign, tripled it. But Back to what inspired me to share this story was when do nonprofits reach out to you, right? Uh, and what does that cadence look like? What does that communication look like? The reality is we've got a generation who is uh, used to become accustomed to, in our society, candid updates. They're, uh, they're checking in on friends. They want to see what's going on. They, there is a bit of polish. There's some filters. And yet you're looking for the authenticity in it. And, and it's, it, it's bleeding around the edges. and it's frequent, it's relevant, it's in context. What if, uh, so, so this is part of my thought process during, during building out this experiment, and actually this was, was the inspiration for this experiment, was when I buy online, I know exactly what I've bought. I, I got a green shirt coming, I got a GiveCloud hoodie coming my way. I know, I know what I bought, I'm amped for it. I got an email confirmation telling me, hey, your, your, order's, your, your order's being packaged and so on. 
couple of days later, I get another email notification. Hey, your shirt's out for delivery. Man, I am jacked. I'm re-engaged with that brand. I'm feeling that connection. I'm peeking through my blinds. Is it here yet? No, it's not here. Oh, sweet. It's here. Why doesn't that exist in fundraising? Why can't I say, you know what? I'm into plant 50 trees. And I instantly get a confirmation saying, yeah, uh, you know, uh, we've received your donation. Um, but then in a believable amount of time, seven, 10, 12 days later, I get a text, I get a push notification, I get something, and it's not a polished update. It is a picture of Sue and Bill taking a selfie next to the trees that you funded. And, uh, and, and we built some technology, very similar to inventory tracking, where people are committing to, hey, I'm, I'm funding five, five uh, toys or five family Christmases or, or 100 trees. And we built some software that allows organizations very similar to a social media post where they would post, you know, hey, look at the trees we're planting with one catch. The organization has to mention in our software exactly how much impact was delivered or in the commerce word, world, fulfilled. And then our software would know, okay, we fulfilled 50 trees. We got this, we got David waiting for 25 trees. And you guys, only you guys receive that candid update. And everyone else can see the update on kind of a broader impact profile. This experiment went so well. And it's part of what inspires the ongoing evolution of our product. We know it's not for everyone, that, that experiment we ran, because not everyone can do one-to-one -one fundraising. And we, we tried it with a couple of organizations. For example, an organization that does... Um, uh, they work with officers uh, who work in um, the human trafficking space. And part of their impact is wellness. Um, but but how do you kind of commoditize wellness, like hours of therapy or so it, it got a little, the experiment got a little dicey in those areas. And so we're trying to understand how we can apply this impact first thinking and this and pairing that with the impact first storytelling so that organizations can use Tools like this, yeah, no matter their fundraising goal, their fundraising technique, but these are the kind of updates we want as donors. We want to know what's going on. We want the candid update. You know, another part of our technology, as you're donating, surfaces a transparency promise. And there's so many org organizations are nervous about saying, listen, uh, of the $50 you're giving straight up, $8 of it's going to go to our salaries. And yet there is a, there is a candidness to that, that I, I, I know I appreciate and our data shows donors appreciate. It's naive to think if I'm gonna pay for 15 meals at the downtown mission, that you know all $50 is just gonna go to the food on the plate. Well, who's paying the lease, right? Who's, and maybe you've got corporate sponsors doing that. Say so, surface it in your transparency promise. All $50 is going to meals. $0 goes to lease, insurance, staffing, thanks to our generous corporate sponsors, something of that nature. Anyhow, listen, I am a rambling founder, CEO, who's really passionate. I don't want to take us down too many rabbit holes here, but uh, you, you brought up communication and uh, that's something I, uh, you know, you know, just through our own feature development that we, we really want to help organizations get better at. Yeah. And I think that that's something really important that everybody needs to, to be thinking about. How is it that you can connect with people? I mean, everybody wants those big donors, somebody that's going to give you, you know, like a million dollars or $50,000 or $5,000 or even a few hundred dollars, depending on the size of your organization. That could be super substantial. I love the idea 
about having a transparency report, a page on your website that says, this is how we operate, right? And, and going, you know what? Yeah, there's overhead costs, right? Whether it's lease, electrical, uh, you need toilet paper in the bathrooms, right? Like there's, there's stuff that, that happens that money needs to go to pay for or be donated if you have strategic partnerships with, with places, right? Like, I don't know if you're, if you're building homes, maybe you have a relationship with Home Depot and they donate, you know, screws and wood and I have no idea, right? So, um, you know, be, be upright and just be out there and like use that to your advantage, right? And people will understand that, you know what, it, it takes money to make money. That's kind of like the business mantra, right? You need to invest in yourself to do the work that you want to do. And it's the same with nonprofits. You need to think of yourself as a business and you need that money coming in so that you can do all the awesome stuff that you do, whether it's money or time or donations in, in terms of like products and services to help you achieve what it is uh, that you want to do. That last part, you know, the, 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 the no like trust. Like that, that trust is the milestone you want to get to. To build trust, you're going to have to put yourself out there. That is a symptom of, of, of life, of our reality in any interaction. What better way to build trust than to, to be transparent? Put these things out there. Have the courage to be transparent where maybe some of your adjacent nonprofits aren't being transparent or um, yeah, being true to yourself. Those are the things that build trust, not putting a veneer on things, <laughs> you know, back to social media. You get a vibe when, you, when you've got someone on your profile who you know, man, that is a filter. Like you, you can see right through the filter and go, yeah. And then they tag it with no filter. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Man, it's savage. It's savage. Yeah. So you were, you were talking about, um, you know, like in terms of communication, right. And being open and honest and transparent and like how amazing would it be if you knew that an organization was spending 18% of your donation on overhead, yeah. right? Like, wouldn't that be awesome that, you know, like maybe that would inspire you to make a donation that was more yeah. so that you can give more money to the cause that you want. Maybe it might deter you potentially if that percentage is too high, right? Like as a nonprofit or charity, you want a, a good chunk of the money to actually do the work that people uh, are expecting you to do. But aside from that communications piece, are there any other gaps that you see in, in terms of fundraising? Yeah, okay. So, so my, my passion around the giving experience is really started with my own personal frustration with donating to local organizations and, and the gaps I see there, which, which I'll touch on, but then also uh, you know, putting myself out there Reflecting on my own product and realizing that I was part of the problem. There's a new generation of generous, socially conscious wealth, and it's only growing. That's the only direction it's going. Um, and it's not just a wealth of finance. It's a wealth of awareness, influence, and advocacy. Like has never existed before in our history because of social media, because of network effects. Too many organizations is one of the gaps I see. Too many organizations are mistaken in thinking all we need is an online donation form to accept online donations or to engage digital donors. They don't realize that this is an entirely new breed of donor with a high expectation for the online experience set by the culture they've grown up in. Example. Just to add to that, just yeah. to add to that, many of these people that you're talking about, this, this generation, 
they likely haven't known the world without internet, right? So, like, let's just keep that in, in mind here, right? Like, I remember going to the library in, in high school and, like, needing dictionaries and, and like, resources that I, I couldn't get at home. Uh, eventually, I bought, like, I don't know, Britannica Online CD uh, so that I, I didn't have to do that anymore. But life pre-internet, you know, kind of like life without a microwave, right? Like, how much do we rely on using that? Some people are like, no, I don't use it at all. Fine, right? There's some people that are like, I have nothing to do with social media. I don't want to be there. That's okay, right? Everybody is entitled to be in the space that they want and use whatever devices or technology that they want. But imagine never knowing the world without this super interconnected web that we have, pun intended. Anyways. Yeah, yeah nice. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. As a dad, I appreciated that dad joke. Uh, (laughs) So the quintessential example I see in organizations is is when an organization begs me to add like title or pronoun to their donation forms. You know, but Josh, we want to send letters and reference Mr. Bloomfield or Dr. Brown in, in our, in our letter to them. Please don't send me a letter. Please don't send me a letter. Um, this next generation does not care to give you their title or their pronoun. Um, they want to tap Apple Pay and move on with their day. As you're saying, man, they've grown up, not just with internet, like they've grown up with the layers above internet, Facebook, Instagram, Clubhouse, TikTok, whatever that was, right? Um, and, and so the insinuation there, just flying through a couple of, of social media networks, they've also dealt with persistent change. Filters, feeds, followers, likes, gamification, ranks, challenges, competition. This is how they are wired. Nothing like previous generations. They don't know what their password is. They face ID, they thumbprint, they autocomplete. They don't know what your phone number is. They will iMessage you, they will Facebook Messenger you, they'll WhatsApp you. And now you're going to ask that individual to fill out the 12 to 16 form fields you have on your website. No autocomplete in there, no Apple Pay. You're gonna ask them a bunch of info that by the way, would love to know about their customers, their birth date, their, their religious affiliation, um, you know, how they heard about you, like all these pieces of information. I'm not saying they're not important to your organization. It's just not the time to ask for it. You're gonna ask them all this, all this information, uh, the Amazons, the H&Ms, the Zaras of the world would love to know about their customers. Uh, then make them type their 16-digit card number. Uh, you feel where I'm going. So the, the digital face of the nonprofit, it, it just has to evolve, not the least of which is the donor experience. Motivating, gamified, compelling, well-designed, innovative, instant, authentic. Um, so while I was really proud of the types of experiences we had built as a company, I had built, um, and I know many of our customers may have argued and may still argue that our forms are some of the nicest on the market, like nicest looking on the market. I knew, and I know we could do better. So, uh, you know, honestly, along with our competitors, we're all falling quite short of that high bar uh, that next gen donor expects. And so that's really the inspiration behind our, our, our new forms, uh, our new offering, this cosmos experiment that we're running to be courageous enough to ignore what's been done, ignore what the data says, do some experiments, try some things that this, that this generation deserves 
and and uh, and 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 let the new data speak for itself. There's billions of dollars that are coming down from you know pre baby boomers, right? So like who might be you know my grandparents, my parents, right? They're getting older. Life happens. People pass away. Estates pass money down. There's billions of dollars coming down the road. And really, like, if you think of it as a business transaction, you need as an organization to focus on building those relationships, creating that trust factor. Now, when mm -hmm. money starts coming down, when money starts filtering down, that you stay top of mind because that is ultimately going to help you 10, 15, 20 years down the road and creating those relationships and building that, that no like and trust is really what's going to set you apart from other organizations. But even as you navigate some of that conversation, like I know there are some legal mechanics that go into estate planning and so on. And yet who's really going to be in the quarter, who's really going to be quarterbacking a lot of this transfer of wealth. It's, it's going to be the digital donor, not to say they're going to give digitally, but it's, it's this, you can't think about one without considering the other. Um, it's always a balance. I'm not going to make black and white statements, but you need to consider uh, it all as part of, yeah. Man, I love that. No like trust. Love that. No like trust. Absolutely. Let's talk about money for a sec, right? So let's call that affluence. Yes. Right? So there's influence, there's affluence, kind of maybe rhyming words, but like, one is greater than the other. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'd recommend anyone uh, read the book, The Gen Z Effect. Really great ideas in this book around what makes Gen Z different. And if it, if it is not gospel truth about Gen Z, there are phenomenal ideas in this book that you can apply to how you think about that generation, how you think about fundraising, and even how you think about the future of your, your organization. You know, one of the points they make, you know, Going back to a point I made earlier, in a lot of ways, Gen Z is going to be kind of the last generation, the last named generation, because from here on in, we now are raising kids. We are raising future generations that are now accustomed to change. They've never been this connected. There's never been this much change. So the Gen Z effect is also a bit of a reflection on how times are changing. And, and whether it's for the good or not is, I suppose, more subjective, but what I meant to say is for good. We're not going back the other direction. But one of the ideas in this book is this clarity between influence and affluence uh, with Gen Z. And because of the network effects, because of how they're connected and wired, there is more of a focus on that network than in previous generations being focused on affluence. And so pr practically how it applies is organizations need to be asking themselves. Again, I won't make a black and white statement and say, you know, uh, this is all they should be doing. Absolutely, you need to be thinking about your major donors, but you need to start asking yourself more often, who are your major influencers? That kid, that, you know, Sally, who's donated $100, $50, $25, is so easy to glaze over that opportunity because I'm not even going to use a grandiose number here. I'm mean, going to use like a very average number, 1,500 connections, 1,500 followers. What an opportunity to get a little more awareness. Start the no like trust process with, let's be realistic here, of the 1,500 people checking her feed, maybe she's posted something about the impact she's had, not about how much she's donated. It's connected to the story. 
let's say 100 people see it. I think I'm being conservative. And then of that 100, maybe you've got five, six, seven people who take it a little step further, right? You've turned one donor into five other real opportunities, right? Five or six other real opportunities. But this this is the idea to be paying attention more to these connections. And, and listen, it sounds daunting. Wow, Josh, are you expecting me to go on these profiles and figure out who my followers are? And No, there's software that does this for you now, right? Just like you've got major wealth software that helps you find the wealth in your donor base, there is software that will help you find the clout, the influence in your donor base. Well, Josh, okay, what do I do with it once I have it? I, I want to say, you know, get, get plowed. <laughs> Because what we can do is create experiences. You can do this with other, so- other software, software platforms as well. But there's a real dedication to exactly how this happens. You can get those individuals to start a social challenge. There, there are really simple and clean and easy ways to get them to start a social challenge, whether it's on social media. But, and, and don't ask a lot of them. Click here to start a social challenge. They're not going to upload a video and be like, Hey guys, I really want to support this organization. They're not going to do that. They're not even going to write a paragraph about why it's important to them. They've donated. They want to support it. Let them support it. Let them write their own content on social media. Let them do their own storytelling. It's their connections. It's their family. It's their friends. It's their network. It's their influence. Let them manage that influence the way they want and just bring to bear the the tools, the really simple, really clean tools they need so that when one of their followers and their family members expresses a breath of interest. You have a tool ready to capture that. One of the sayings I've been using internally and, and we're starting to kind of adopt in our public marketing is we want to help organizations convert attention into retention, into, into, into retained revenue in their organization. Uh, because again, the no like trust, you've got that trust, you've got that attention, you've taken them through a story, whether that story's taken months or years or just a couple of seconds in a social media post that there is nothing stopping them. There is no 16 form field stopping them. There isn't a jarring experience stopping them. You are converting on that attention. You're converting on that, not affluence. You're converting on that influence. This is where things are going, right? How true it is today and how much it impacts your organization. We could debate the data. We can look into it. Of course, there's still tons of value in dealing with classic checkout and dealing with with checks and your major donors and your estate planning, but it's changing. And to understand how to unlock that change, it can be very important for your organization and the longevity of your mission. You know, not to mention, I think awareness, influence, and support is just underrated. I know you got bills to pay. 100%. A couple of likes and a couple of follows on your social media account does not translate to your salary or to operations. And yet somehow it will. When you build that network, man, yeah, I've got a lot to share here. I'm not sure I'm going to say it quite the way uh, I want, but back to, back to your three, back to your three items, that, that storytelling, that connection, you have to start it early and you just cannot underestimate it. Absolutely. So there's three things uh, that you mentioned. I made a quick little note of that I want to touch on. The first is about this like digital generation that's out there. Way, way, way back, we went through this industrial revolution. If COVID has done anything, it's really fast-tracked what I'm calling the digital revolution, right? People working from home, being more connected, using technology more and more. Cost of tech, of cell phones, prices going down. So we're, we're in this digital revolution that has happened, and there isn't going back from it. The great resignation, 
right? Is like a big thing. People are leaving their jobs because they can't work from home anymore uh, because they want to come back into the office. So that's something to think about in terms of the persona, the what I call a psychographic of this generation is they want to be in charge of their own destiny and they care and they're empathetic mm-hmm. and not to blanket everybody in, <laughs> in the generation that way. But I think there's a much higher percentage than 50% that are kind of in that zone for yeah. that. The second thing I want to mention is couch surfing. So you're sitting on your couch, you've got your phone in your hand, you're watching TV, you're streaming this, you're right having conversations, whatever, right? You got to make it simple and quick and easy, right, Josh? Like what you were talking about, right? Like the one tap pay or face ID to pay, or like there's got to be some really quick and simple way. And I've mentioned this, uh, I think, on at least two other episodes. You need to have that donation form, that initial thing that somebody does, the bare minimum of what you need to process that transaction. And like, as simple as possible. Nobody wants to fill out a PhD dissertation to make a $25 donation to your organization that way. And the third thing is I wanted to get your opinion on monthly donations versus one-time donations. So here's the question, right? If you want to hit somebody up for a one-time donation of $25, how can somebody maybe convert that into $2 a month, right? So yeah, the first year, maybe you get $24 instead of 25, but psychologically, what happens is they're like, oh, it's only $2 a month, yeah, and they just leave it in perpetuity. So what, what's your take on how people can shift that mindset? So a couple of things come to mind. The first thing that comes to my mind is a donor's willingness to add a monthly charge to their account, to their credit card. How material is it to their budget? The other piece is like, what are they actually signing up for? The way I process the monthly donation conversation is I think about my Netflix subscription and how I don't really think about it. I use it every day, I get value out of it, not really thinking about it. I am sure Netflix is making you know, uh, a, a fine amount of money on me. I've, I've been a customer since probably 2015 and I've gone through their pricing changes, never bailed, never bailed on a pricing change. They've been a dollar or $2 or a dollar 50. So when you're thinking about converting someone to a monthly donation, just like you're saying, don't undervalue the $2 donation. I'd encourage you to go for nine. The, the, the willingness to pay between two and nine is I'm not sure exactly what it is, but I can't imagine it's too high. And if, if anyone's looking for some great thought leadership around pricing, this does not apply at all to nonprofits. And yet so much adjacent wisdom can be applied when you're thinking about how to build a subscription to your nonprofit. Essentially, that's what you're doing. Think about it that way. They're signing up to pay monthly for what? Because they're generous? Because out of the kindness of their heart? You have something to offer. You are going to make an impact in the world that I can't. And that's why I'm subscribing to your organization. How much am I willing to pay? Probably like nine bucks a month. I'm in. If you make it freaking compelling enough, maybe I'm in for 29. Maybe I'm in for 49. Show me the plans. Obviously, don't think about it exactly like that. And yet, as I'm saying this out loud, I'm wondering like, why don't nonprofits position themselves a little bit more like this. This is how we buy Netflix. This is how we think about our Amazon Prime subscription. Don't tell me what I'm going to get. Tell me what you're going to do. Like, tell me the impact that 
I'm going to connect my heart to as a result of this, which is a great segue into the second piece of this, which is like, what are people getting? One of the most successful monthly giving programs I've ever seen done is an organization out of, out of Utah. They work through human trafficking challenges and they don't ask you to donate monthly. I'm pretty confident it may not even be in their marketing language. It, it, it may be, but it is certainly not the headline. The headline is become an abolitionist. You want to be an abolitionist? Sign up here. And, and you put in a monthly amount. You're an abolitionist now. And, and from time to time, they may throw like a, a gift with donation is not to compel you. It is not to convince you. It is to what? It is to make your abolitionist status official. You are an abolitionist. You are not thinking about the donation. So this is where Netflix and Amazon cannot touch your opportunity as a nonprofit to create this incredible trust connection long-term. Netflix and Amazon, what do they have to do? They have to continually, day in, day out, deliver you products, ship you goods. In a nonprofit world, just keep those communications up, as we talked before, those candid communications, and make your monthly donors feel like they are a part of something. If you can do it, give it a name. Make them something. Like the abolitionist thing is just wildly successful. They, they are an outlier in our data. We leave them out of our data because they literally do it so well. There's just no point. We segment our a lot of our data around that and, and study this over here going, what is going on? How are they, you know, is, is there a technology? I'd love to say it is. And obviously we're a part of it. But you and I both know, man, that is story. That is story through and through and through. And the technology to support the story. And again, that's our passion, the, 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 you know, to, the technology to support the story. So that's how I feel about monthly giving. So oh, you're for it. Yeah, I am for it. And, and <laughs> sorry, I, I, I'm not sure if I actually ended up finishing my sentence because I am, again, the Rambly founder CEO. If anyone's looking for adjacent thought leadership on pricing, Patrick Brown, Google him. He is, uh, he is a SaaS pricing leader and he helps SaaS companies like us figure out what we can charge our customers based on their willingness to pay, based on features, and they've got all this data on how to do it. But the thinking, don't take necessarily the outcomes because they're very for-profit, and you know. but there is a strategy and a thinking through what you can charge someone. Someone's willingness to support you and for how much, segmenting that into a persona and having a conviction on it. I know something else I, a big mistake I see nonprofits make is not having the courage to fully be themselves. They will dilute themselves. They'll dilute the soul of their organization. They'll dilute their message to try and cast a wider net. And they end up not serving them well. Have the courage to go after not just the people who are passionate about human trafficking, not just the people who are passionate about human trafficking and children, not just the people, you know, and, and get that circle as small as you can get and tell that story. You'll catch people out here. Because they'll want to be these people. They will want to be these people. When you are that true to yourself and you have the courage to be that true to yourself. Yeah, so a, a whole whack of thoughts about that. Uh, the first is, if you're watching this or listening to this, I just grabbed a book that I have on my table over here beside me by Ian Harris. It's called Hooked on You. If you have a hard time figuring out how to get your story going and get the flow going, this book, it's super cheap. I think it's like four or five dollars on Amazon for the hardcover, not even like the ebook. It's like well worth it. It's not a big book at all. It's like maybe half inch thick, if that. So this book is about a genius way to make anybody read anything. But you can take that and you can use that and you can 
create stories that you weave through your website, through your social media, through your emails, through your text messaging, through your everything that you're doing, the way you talk about the work that you do to give that really compelling story to make people care, right? And that, you know, circles back to what we were talking about originally. Uh, the second thing that I wanted to mention is in the business world, we talk about niching or niching, right? If you're, if you're in the States. And you need to do that same thing for your nonprofit, exactly what you were just talking about. When you focus in and you work on your demographic, your geographic, and your psychographic. So there's three more there for you. Josh, if you're looking for uh, the no like trust, you've got your demo, your geo, and your psycho. And when you focus in on that and you get a really clear idea about who you need to have care about your organization, who you want to try to target and bring in as volunteers, as ambassadors for your brand, not even as a donation, right? Like we're talking influencers, you could have ambassadors, like every one of your volunteers that you have should care about your organization. They're there spending their time, even if it's kind of forced because they have to spend time volunteering from high school or something, right? Like they are there and they opted to come to you. They should be part of your brand ambassador. Like give them a label, give them a tag, give them a, a badge of honor to do that and really impart that uh, that value. Yeah, listen, I, I want to make one big clarification as well. When I use the word, and even I believe when you know, in that book, Gen Z, when they use the word, you know, influence versus affluence, it rhymes and you get the point. I want to be really crystal clear that I am not suggesting you find, you know, brand influencers with millions of followers. and Influencer for me, I actually think a better word is ambassador, a brand ambassador. This is could this could truly be anyone. And it's, and it's a correction I've had to make inside of my organization. We need to stop using that word because there's a loftiness to the word influencer and even influence that makes organizations feel like it's inaccessible. It's difficult to connect with influencer, like, you know, versus just, just an advocate, an ambassador. That's all we're talking about. And anyone can, can be that. Yeah. It's just, it, literally a tap away, right? Like boom, share, done, end of story, right? That's the couch surfing motto i guess like if, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I don't know latin but if i can translate that that would be fantastic um all right so let's take a step back for a sec let's talk about give cloud right big nonprofits, new nonprofits, nonprofit marketers fundraisers who is this platform for oh man yeah uh any nonprofit will love fundraising on give cloud just as fun as we've made it for donors and really double down on that experience we've made sure give cloud is just as fun to manage. Smaller scale nonprofits might enjoy us a bit more because they can realize many of our bootstrapped tools. And when I say many of our bootstrapped tools, this thing was built by an engineer. <laughs> and so anytime, you know, there was a point in time where organization would say like, oh man, I, I wish I could sell event tickets. I'm like, I can do that. I'll do that for you. And so we've <laughs> ended up with, with, with a platform that's got, you know, a lot of these apps, tickets, child sponsorship, membership, commerce, e-cards. I could go on with a point of sale, card swiper, all, all these pieces. And bigger nonprofits will love having a purpose-built digital fundraising tool that works seamlessly with their existing systems. So, so they can kind of just plug us into what they've got and not have to worry about some of the stuff that maybe some of the smaller nonprofits would really uh, take advantage of. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So GiveCloud, awesome platform, does tons of stuff. What is the best feature that you are about to release? Yeah, man, listen, like uh, there's lots coming down the pipeline that I am 
insanely excited about. We are thinking up some really innovative ways to continue to upsell donors after the fact that get me so jazzed. Stuff no one's doing and no one's thought of. And so kind of experiments that will run. And But we've got a pretty high conviction that this will have to at least be somewhat successful. And even if it's somewhat successful, could drive really great results for our organizations. But selfishly, only because it hits a little close to home. One of the features I'm most excited about coming is, you know, at the end of every donation on our platform, you're prompted, the donor's prompted to start a social challenge. And it's one click. They see right on their thank you screen, hey, you know, share the impact you just had or challenge your friends and family. And there's a dollar amount right there. You can plus or minus how much you want to start the challenge for. And then all you do is hit continue with Google. And boom, it's ready. We grab your avatar. We grab everything. There's no creating a page. It's just done. And now you're ready to share it on social media. It's wonderful. Um, we're creating a template that will allow the Davids, the Joshes of the world to create these social challenges in one click, but use a template that really allows you to honor someone who's passed uh, or someone you're doing it in memory of. So you know, my grandmother recently passed and looking at the, the program and uh, at the very bottom on page two, it says like in memory of Ramon, Make your donation to you know, Kidney Association, Diabetes Association, and there was another faith-based organization somewhere in that list. And just stare at that and say, like, oh, there's got to be a better way to honor my grandmother and the legacy. This is part of her legacy is that she wants people to do this. There's got to be a digital way to do this. So we've just generated this beautiful template that is actually focused on the legacy first, the story first, not the donation. And then you continue into this just really tasteful, really elegant donation experience that gently kind of like nurturing you through the process of a transaction while you honor someone's legacy. Like, you know, right now, I think the the way we're doing it in the digital world is, you know, as part of a colder donation transaction, there's a drop down or a text box of who you want it to be in honor of. Instead of me putting it out there saying, hey, would you guys help me honor my, my grandmother? One of our board members their father passed. And all they wanted to do was create a fundraising page, a way to give digitally to our local humane society. He loved pets. He, he's a major donor to this organization and they couldn't figure it out. Like, no, sorry, we can't do it now. Let me get back to you. No, sorry, we've got no way of doing this. You're going to have to just some subpar solution for the experience. And he ranted. He called me like, I can't believe people can't do this. It's, you know, part of the inspiration for like, what, what should he have been able to share? What should I have been able to share with my friends and family? So yeah, this is a more personal connection. But but again, like, I don't know if there's a lot of technology on the market allowing organizations to create a space like this, where you're not just accepting donations, you are engaging your supporters, you're engaging your donors, you're creating ambassadors, you're giving them the tools. Don't make them request it. Don't make them call your, your director of fundraising or someone on your team. Give them the tools to do it. Don't give them too much control. They don't even want too much control. They can upload an image. They've got to socially verify their account with one click so you know it's very likely not fraud. There's so many ways to address the challenges that a lot of people face and allow to be roadblocks. We believe we've addressed, uh, addressed most of those. And so that's, that's probably the one feature that I'm personally most excited about. It's amazing this conversation and how passionate you are and how like it's basically evolved out of need and the amount of time and effort that you're putting in to continually kind of push boundaries and think of things in, in new ways is is absolutely phenomenal. 
So kudos to you, I guess, like steering the ship uh, and, and to the team over there. Josh, amazing insights that you've brought. And to everybody listening, whether you're using GiveCloud or another platform, I hope there's something here that you're able to take away and rethink what you're doing so you can impact more and have greater contributions to your communities or whatever it is that your organization is doing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So to everybody listening, take something away from today, implement it today. That's my challenge to you. Take something that you've learned that you've heard about and go, you know what, let's rethink this. Let's have a conversation about like, how can we do something better? Use that kind of like design thinking methodology behind that to start reshaping your organization to do better, not just do good. So Josh, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, what do they need to do? Yeah, absolutely. Best way, hit givecloud.com slash trustraising or trustraising.org if you want to get there quicker and sign up. We've got awesome content helping you unpack what it looks like to build trust. And you'll get exclusive early access to some of our new products. And we're even very close to releasing a $0 pricing plan for all you nonprofits who wish you could, but just can't figure out the purse strings. So all of that will be available to you early access if you sign up today. Again, givecloud.com slash trust raising. And hey, I just want to encourage all of you. Uh, I know you're busy. I know you've come out of a difficult season, but you're doing awesome. You have started a journey. You have started you know, a mission, something you feel born to be involved in, whether it's working in your community, whether it's helping people in, in a school setting, whether it's nutrition, whether it's environment, whether it's animals. You're doing great. And people like David and myself, and we are here to serve and support you in realizing that full potential. So keep going. Don't let yourself get too overwhelmed. Take it one step at a time. And again, take David up on his challenge. There might be an overwhelming amount of things in here that would inspire you. There's got to be one step. And I'll end with a quote from Anna in Frozen 2. I just need to do the next right thing. Love that quote. That's awesome. Thanks again so much, Josh. It's been great having you here on the Nonprofit Digital Success Podcast. To everybody listening, if you enjoyed this episode, head over to nonprofitdigitalsuccess.com slash podcast. Click on this episode for all the show notes, links to the items that we talked about, including how to connect with Josh and his awesome team over at GiveCloud. Until next time, keep on being successful.